Good morning. morning. Welcome to Bridgewater. My name is Kurt. I'm so glad to have you here with us this morning. And I was thinking about this. We just finished the Unoffendable series. So I know that over this past week, you, everyone has it all figured out, right? So no one this past week was offended, right, in any way. Um, no, in, in reality, it's just something that we need to do each day. We need to come before Jesus each day and um, just give it to him um, and, and ask him to help us to love on others in, in the way he would have us to. So um, this morning, we're going to be diving into uh, Be the Church, and we're going to talk about some details at the end about what we're going to be doing next week. Um, but as we get started, I just wanted to talk a little bit about problems. Sometimes there, we see a lot of problems. Some are pretty easy problems to solve. Some are really difficult and really painful. Sometimes we don't know how to solve it. Sometimes we don't even know that there's a problem. And then sometimes we work so hard at something that's not the solution, and then we don't get anywhere, right? So... I'm going to start off with talking about some things that are sort of simplistic as far as solving problems. And, and as I get started this morning, um, I wanted to share with you an experience I had. So last year, last year we had a group come in and use our, our church building here. And they used the church building for the day. And then... After they used the building, I got a phone call in my office, and, and it said, uh, yeah, the, the, the toilet here is really bad, and I'm really not sure that it's fixable. And um, so I walked over, and I found the men's bathroom, and sure enough, and I will not show a picture, okay, I spare you from that, but it was bad. And I, so bad that I actually had to add water to make it work. Uh, and then, so then, you know what? But ultimately, it was a pretty simple problem. I just needed the right tool to fix the problem. And after I worked at it a while, it was fixed and it was better. It worked and that was great. So this tool, a very simple thing, this tool solved a significant nasty problem, right? So, but then what happened is that this tool um, that I used to solve that problem actually became a problem in a different situation, all right? So a few years back, this was when I was at a previous church, I was a youth leader, and while I was there, um, we went, were at this, this camp, and we were putting together this skit, and there was all these different tools for the skit, and one of the tools was a plunger. And so we're getting ready to do this skit, and then one of the students decides, hey, wouldn't they, they thought, this, this person thought it would be funny to put a plunger on the bald person, on the, on the bald youth leader's head. So they put the plunger on my head, and I'm not pressing down for a good reason. So they put the plunger on my head, and it, you know, it was, it was funny. I went with it. I laughed, right? Not realizing the sudden pain that would ensue. So the suction suctioned to my head, and it was really painful. And I'm sitting there, and I'm grabbing at 
the plunger, trying to yank it off, and it's not coming. There's no way it's coming off. And it was pretty rough. And so as that's happening, we finally figured out what the problem was. And someone grabbed, I don't even remember what it was, took something and had to slide underneath and pry it off. So finally, after problem solving, the plunger came off my head. It took a week. There was a round circle on my head for a week after that. So, students don't get any ideas. <laughs> um, but that was, a, that was scenarios where problems were, you know, if you work at it, you could, you could solve them with the right tool or with, you know, uh, the right problem-solving skills. But, you know, sometimes there's just so many problems and, and we can get overwhelmed by them, especially we see the problems in the world uh, today. Um, you know, oftentimes there's some much more serious problems. And the solution is not always clear. What are some of the problems and how do we solve them? Well, the world's problems will not be solved by more and better education, more and better money, more and better laws, and certainly not more and better politicians. Now, as we look at this, I'm going to just go through some of the problems. I mean, there's a lot out there, but talk about poverty, addiction, crime, suicide, abortion, greed, injustice and corruption, racism, hunger, homelessness, slavery, war. These problems, they may not affect you until it's someone close to you or yourself that's actually dealing with it. There's a quote by uh, C.S. Lewis that says, pain insists on being attended to. God whispers in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It's his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And you know, I don't know about you, but maybe you've struggled sometimes, and especially seeing some of the injustices out there, and you're like, God, like, what are you doing? Like, why, you know, do something about this. Do something about that. And the frustration uh, might build. And, and, um, and I think about, as we're thinking in this message, how, how we should respond. Um, I thought about a particular song. And, and this song talks about really that, that sort of heart. Like, a little bit of frustration with God, but then, but then, um, but then a response. And so I want to... I want to play this song for you for a little bit just so you can get an idea um, of what I'm talking about here. I woke up this morning, saw a world full of trouble. Now I thought, how do we ever get so far down? And how's it ever going to turn around? So I turned my eyes to heaven. God, why don't you do something? Well, I just couldn't bear the thought of people living in poverty children sold into slavery. The thought disgusted me, so I shook my fist at heaven. I said, God, why don't you do something? He said, If not 
something I'm so tired of talking about how we are God's hands and feet But it's easier to say than to be Live like angels of apathy We tell ourselves It's alright, somebody else will do something If you've ever heard me talk for a while, um, you've probably been like, you know, sometimes I'll just say like, you know, we have salvation through Jesus Christ and we have a purpose that he has us here. And, and if we're not going out and trying to reach people with Jesus, I don't, I don't know that I, I can, can, can do this without reaching people for Jesus. Like, it's just, it's, it's. It overwhelms me, and I, you know, and I and I and I sing that song, and I understand that passion, and I'm like, this is awesome that God made us. He made us to make a difference in this world, and so ultimately, Jesus is the solution. More and better disciples. A disciple is a follower of Jesus. So we need more people like Jesus, following Jesus means making disciples. I'm going to read Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Like, Jesus has all authority on heaven and earth given to him. He literally could do anything, and he, he decides, I'm going to use people. I'm going to use people. I'm going to pour into their life. I'm going to draw them to myself, and I'm going to use them to change other people's lives. He created a system that could change everything. He said, therefore, go and make disciples to all nations. As one person, I cannot fix it all. But we can work on showing Jesus to others. Jesus is full of compassion. When he would look on the multitudes, when he'd look on the crowds, he felt compassion on them. He tells us, go into the world and make disciples, baptize them, teach them to follow and obey all he has commanded. And it's not just about learning information. It's about having a relationship with Jesus, learning his ways, and then sharing them with others. Why do you think that Chosen series is so popular? It's all about the life of Jesus and the impact he made on people's lives. Jesus draws in everyone, from the legalist to the prostitute. He calls everyone to allow him to change their life. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're saying to yourself, okay, so in order to be like Jesus, I just need to do and act the way he did and I'm good. 
You see, the problem is that you cannot be like him until you truly know him. It's not about doing a bunch of good works in order to get to heaven. You see, good works don't earn God's favor. Those who know him do good works because what he's done already. So I want to encourage you that if you do not know Jesus, if you're not sure, if there's not been a moment in your life where you recognized that you're a sinner in need of a savior and you recognize and believe that Jesus died and rose again for your sins, if there's not been a moment in your life, then if you want to be a follower of Jesus, you need to have that moment where you trust him with your salvation because it's a free gift. Ephesians 2, 8 to 10 says this, for by grace you have been saved through faith that is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by work so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So what that's saying is that salvation is a free gift. We are saved from our sin and we can go to heaven as a result of what Jesus did for us and us choosing to trust in him. And then he didn't just leave it there. We weren't just, he didn't just say, okay, well, come to, know, come to know me and then just stop there. No, he created us to do good works. He created us to do good and show his love to others. So following Jesus means doing good works such as making disciples. But we must truly do, not just talk about doing Matthew 21, 28 to 32, Jesus shares what disobedience is like. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first, they answered. So out of those two, the first guy, he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. But then he went ahead and did it, and he obeyed the father. The second one said, sure, yeah, I'll do it. And then he didn't obey the father. Now, uh, sort of the obvious answer, who obeyed, right, was the first one. Even though he said he wasn't going to, he did actually behave, right? Any, any, any parents ever deal with their children in that way? Where they, you tell them to do something, no, and then they do it? No, any, am I the only one? Okay. <laughs> um, is that, but the reality is, is like, did they, yeah, well, yeah, they did obey. Is that annoying for them to say no first? Yeah, certainly it is, right? Um, but they, but so this first one obeyed. He did what the father told him to do. Um, continuing on, it says, Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to show you the way of righteousness and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe in him. Because Jesus wants followers, not fans. This last verse is pretty harsh. 
You see, in this culture, um, a tax collector and a prostitute would have been considered the chief sinners. Jesus was saying this to the leaders at the time, is that those that were tax collectors and prostitutes were better than they were. They were better off because they repented and believed. But the leaders of that time, they didn't do that. They were self-righteous. They, they, told, they would present to others like how good they were, but their actions were different. That's not what Jesus wants. There are many who present with a lot of good moral things and they give lip service to Jesus, but there's no follow-through. They'll criticize other followers of Jesus, pointing out their sin, but not recognizing their own sin and their own lack of follow-through. You know, I imagine being, like, I, I, I root for Tunkhannock Tigers all the time. I'm always, like, I like to go to the football games, and then um, I really love football, and, you know, like, I really get into it, and I'm like, yeah, you know. And, um, and it's great to be a fan, but I don't think they want me going out there on the field. I mean, I know Tom Brady played into his 40s, but I don't think in my 40s I should go out there and play on that football field. Um, so it's good in that scenario for me to stay a fan, right? Now, but in this scenario we're talking about here, fans are those who cheer on a team. Followers get in the game. And for those of us who are followers of Jesus, he's called us and he equips us to get in the game, to get in the action. They actively show compassion that Jesus showed by serving others, by getting to know who people are and their need for Jesus and to make efforts to meet those needs. Now, I realize that this is, it's pretty simple. I don't want you to check out of this message and say, yeah, yeah, I've heard this before. But the reality is the Christian life is simple in knowing what to do, but sometimes the problem becomes in doing it, in taking action, putting our feet, putting our words to our feet and allowing Jesus to work in and through us to see more and better disciples. It's that work that he does in us. We submit ourselves to him and then he does that work in us so that we can then share with others. You know, maybe it is sitting for someone for just listening to them for hours. Maybe it's buying someone groceries that's in need. Maybe it's telling them about our great Savior and how to follow him. Maybe it's being willing to serve at the soup kitchen. You know, um, a couple years back, uh, uh, Pastor Rich, the previous pastor here, he was... He would always give out during Easter and Christmas, he would give us 25 invite cards to invite people for Christmas and Easter. And, and I, um, that, it would be a little, feel a little bit like a challenge, you know? And then you go and give them out and, and to people and invite them to church. And, you know, I was thinking the one Christmas, I would drive off, I'd drop Zeke off at school over at the middle school there, and I'd see all these people outside, like whether whether they were volunteers or, or, or teachers or, or, or whatnot, but they're all outside there on the cold mornings, you know, help, help directing traffic and helping kids get into school. And I was like, if you know me, you know I don't like cold weather, okay? I, I felt bad. I'm like, man, they're out there in the cold and they got to do all that? Like, that's not, that's no fun. So I was like, hey, like, 
So I decided to buy a whole bunch of hot chocolates. So I bought a whole bunch of hot chocolates and I attached the invite card for Christmas to the hot chocolates and I, I was like, hey, you know what? Um, I invited them to church and said, you know, warm up with the hot chocolate. And you know, that was so much fun and they were so thankful and I don't know if any of them ever showed up for church, but the reality is that day they knew that they were shown, they were loved. Like they, somebody thought about them that day. And um, that's, that's where that, sometimes where that reward is. And obviously seeing come, someone come to know Jesus is amazing, but, but, but loving on someone and knowing that, hey, you know, they felt that love, is, it means a ton. So what are some ways that we can serve in our community on a regular basis? And how does that contribute to making more disciples of Jesus? When we serve others in love, it shows an example that we love them and it opens doors through that relationship to share Jesus with them. I don't know about you, but in our, in our world today, people want to see something genuine. They want to see something real. They want to see if this, maybe they've heard about Jesus before. They want to see that lived out, right? Now, this is what we'll be doing next week. But it can also be doing something we're doing ongoing. I know there's several from one of our small groups that serve at, a local, at the local soup kitchen here. I found out recently about an ongoing project that we'll have the opportunity to be involved with. So if you're in a small group, uh, you'll probably hear about it from me at some point, but uh, a project in helping out the, the police department. So that's going to be potentially an ongoing one that I'm, that I'm learning about. But we have an opportunity next week to have a huge impact in our community. People are welcoming us to help them with projects and to serve and to love on them. One of the cool things that happened um, a couple weeks back, I was just reaching out trying to find projects and, and I reached out to the one, uh, uh, the one police officer and he's like, He's like, I can't believe I just got your email. Everyone was just so frustrated and stressed about the condition of Riverside Park. And then your email came. And I was like, yes. You know, I got excited because it's just opportunities to, to hurt, to serve, and to help um, in our community. And um, the timing of that was just really cool. Um, so we have opportunities to, to build relationships, to show how much Jesus loves people by our actions, okay? So we're gonna, I'm going to talk to you about a, a plan um, for this next week, all right? So the first, the first part of the plan is show up next Sunday, right? That's, that's important, right? You got to like, you know, show up. Uh, and we'll be having one thing that's a little, we're doing a little different this week or this, this year, one thing a little bit different this year is that we're going to be having a time of worship at 8.30 a.m., like an acoustic time of worship uh, over at the new building. Um, so if you would like to come to that prior to, just to get our hearts in the right place as we start, because we're getting ready to serve, because as we serve, that's also worship to God if we're doing it with the right heart. So we'll have that at 9 a.m. The teams will gather and then disperse to their projects. Um, the sign-up sheets are there on the back. If, if it looks like something needs a tool and you have a tool, go ahead and bring that tool. Um, 
Also, make sure you pick up your free donut. Okay, no, you don't have to have the donut. The donut is available to you. Um, there'll be a donut available and a free T-shirt. If you have a shirt from last year, bring that. But otherwise, there'll be T-shirts for you. Um, and please sign up for a project. Um, we plan to have more projects also before next week. Um, don't worry if you don't have any special skills. Uh, a willing heart goes a long way. Um, if you have difficulty with mobility, or you're just like, I don't really feel like doing a lot of like, active stuff. Um, there's the, uh, the card writing that's also got, um, you'll be able to put uh, stickers on, on mailings for, for our open house Sunday uh, coming up in the fall. So that will be actually, that will occur in this building here. Um, there'll be infant care that will be provided in the kids' ministry space next door. So you'll be able to drop off your kid at 8.30, your, your infant. Um, and we do need more projects. So if, you're, if you know of something in the community, um, we want to love on our community. So if you know something in the community where, uh, you know, a neighbor needs help or, or just a, a business or, or somebody that needs help that we can add another project or two, that's fantastic. Um, and then... We will be planning to have a community lunch afterwards uh, from 12.30 to 2. Um, now, this is, this is exciting because whatever project you're doing, whoever you're working with, you're encouraged to invite those people to come with you. So, like, um, the one project, I'm hoping to have a couple police officers with us. I think that, I think we're going to get some help maybe from council members and, and police department at the Riverside uh, project, and then we're going to be doing preparing for the carnival. So we'll be working with the firemen. So we want to invite the firemen um, to have a free lunch and be able to talk about the projects and 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 life and build relationships there. Um, so it's really exciting, a great opportunity to love on our community. Um, so I hope you come next week um, because it's going to be awesome. And uh, here's a map. Here, if you're just not sure, card writing, it shows the building that we're in, <laughs> nursery, and then the new building address, 119 State Route 92, uh, Kanik. Um So I'm looking forward to seeing what God's going to do, because I know he's going to do great things. I, I'm just blown away all the time by what God does. And so um, be praying uh, that, that you, when you come, would serve in a, with a heart of worship, um, and that uh, we just have opportunities to, to love on people. Okay? So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you, God, that you um, have offered the free gift of salvation to us. And I pray, God, that if there are any here that do not know you, God, that today would be the day of salvation, that today would be the day that they choose to trust you, um, Lord. And I just thank you, God, that... Um, you have loved us so much, and I pray that you give us more and more opportunities to show that love to others. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.